welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Paws and Presto. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year 2022. Uh, what amazing new year it's going to be for everyone. And what an amazing 2021 it's been for my guest, uh, multi-award winning. I got corrected a minute ago. Multi-award winning, Jessica Palmer, who owns Palmer's Dog Grooming. Welcome, Jessica. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, very well. Thank you. <laughs> Multiple award winning. So, you know, we're kicking the year off with a bang. We've got an award winning groomer uh, as our first live of 2022. And uh, I thought it'd be really good to bring uh, Jessica onto our show, our program, our podcast, our YouTube channel, um, just to have a talk over how Jessica came from um, startup groomer all the way through to multi-award winning groomer. So, yeah, brilliant to have you on, Jessica. I hope you've had a a good start to the new year. Yeah, very good. (laughs) Very good indeed. And when did you start back at work? Uh, Yesterday, yeah, the 4th. Yeah, has it been busy? Uh, yeah, busy, busy. Actually, crazy busy. We didn't expect it to be constant, but it has been. The phone's been constant today and yesterday, which is just good, obviously, but surprising. Quiet <laughs> <Because laughs> going back, but no. No, I looked at um, just coming up to Christmas. I looked at our diary to see what um, how busy, and it's like, but yeah, we're fully booked. Yeah, uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all fully booked. Like we knew coming back that we were fully booked still um but yeah to have just the phone ringing off the hook you know because obviously December everyone's constantly trying to get their dogs in so we thought oh it'll calm down a bit for a while in January with all the phone calls but no <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> turns out we're still need grooming even in the new oh year. yeah <laughs> definitely definitely so um you own uh Palmer's Dog Grooming and uh, that's your own business is Sole Trader Limited Company or partnership with my sister so, oh excellent yeah. We're, we're partnership yeah so she's gone home but Sorry? <laughs> she's off at home but, um yeah yeah we we started it up this business together I started on my own yeah. in 2014 in a van um and then we started this business this year together so awesome awesome and she didn't want to join you tonight <laughs> oh, no, didn't know. see ya cheers <laughs> 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 maybe she's watching who knows so um 2014 so tell us about your journey tell us how you got into how you got into pet grooming uh, yeah I kind of fell upon dog grooming really um so I have always worked with animals um from I started in little petting farms and then I went on to a zoo a tropical zoo in um Isleworth. And then from there, I went to work at Raven Safari Park, which is like my dream job. I was a zookeeper working with sea lions and penguins and everything. And it was great. And I had a really great time. But there's only so much standing in the cold and telling people off, which is mo- was mostly ended up being my job, just telling people off for touching the animals and trying to feed them. Um, and yeah, after a while, I just wanted something different. Um, and I wanted a dog of my own which I couldn't have because I was working all the time um so yeah I was really interested in dog grooming so um the the zookeeping job was seasonal so when it finished at the end of the season I was kind of like okay what should I do and um sort of ringing around everywhere trying to find someone that would take on a trainee groomer 
um, and finally found somewhere, but it ended up being, well, it ended up being working in a dog kennels, which wasn't what I wanted. But <laughs> I missed that grooming could come with it. Um, it didn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I went to Crafts and I met um, Laura, who is from Groomarts. And um, yeah, I bumped into her in her stall when she was saying, oh yeah, you know, come and train here and in five weeks time, you'll have your own business. And I thought, oh, that can't be. That right. is <laughs> like, no. Um, but I quit my job. <laughs> I went for it and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And um, yeah, she was amazing. It was back when she had a salon of her own. It's now a, a big grooming school. But um, so yeah, she taught me everything. And I really was confident in five weeks, believe it or not. And which now seems crazy if I think like, could I start from scratch in just five weeks and start up a completely new career? I thought that's mad, but yeah, I did. And I bought my van and off I went and haven't really looked back. So that was in 2014. Um, and yeah, I did my mobile business for what, you know, seven, seven years, something like that. So yeah, crazy. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll talk, we'll go back to that and talk about that in a bit, but uh, I just want to want to explore a little bit about zookeeping, you know, it's seasonal yeah. work, what they do, lock all of the animals away whilst doing the winter. No, so you have, um, you've got like full-time members of staff and then you've got the seasonal keepers um, that come in when, when the park's busy. Um, usually it wasn't open um, seven days a week during the winter. And just because it's so quiet, so they don't want to spend all the money on all the staff and the extra people to run the place. So, um, yeah, for I think I was kept on mostly. Um, and then sort of for the last, well, I was kept on for about three years and then management changed at the end. And I thought, okay, time, time this is just seasonal. So I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Um, and do you, do you, if, as a seasonal worker there, do you get all the grotty jobs like throwing the fish to the sea lions and the, oh, and the penguins? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bothered by fish and um, just getting to work with those animals was amazing it's all I wanted to do and um yeah I had like some amazing experiences especially somewhere like Woven because it's quite interactive with the animals and um, I wasn't in the drive-through area I was in the sort of the walk around area so you've got all the and the enclosures are walkthroughs, so you really are interacting with the monkeys and getting to tickle them and play with them and stuff on a daily basis and it was you know it was great Awesome. As I said, it, it is a lot of though telling people off and stop touching them and stop, stop feeding them. them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, after a while, it was uh, it was enough. <laughs> I was yeah. done. Yeah, good intro to uh, to animals, though, isn't it? And yeah. so you found your uh, you did your grooming course. Did it, was it a particular qualification at the time? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. I can't. Um, level level three. Level three. Um, was it national? I don't know. Is it diploma? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Look on the wall. Have you got on the wall? Guilds, yeah, it was the City and Guilds Level 3 Dog Grooming. Um, so, yeah, we went and did that um, with Laura. And it was, yeah, it was really, really good, actually. And I'm so glad that I took the plunge and, and went and did it. And what uh, inspired you to go out and um, go mobile? Did you look at all the options or um, just thought, no, I want to go... Yeah, I think for me I felt like I wasn't ready to open a shop um I didn't feel confident enough I kind of wanted to try and build up my experience and knowledge of it because obviously five 
five weeks is not long. No. <laughs> career change, you know, and like there's so much um, to the industry and, you know, not just the grooming, but the knowledge of like the health of all the animals as well as then your, the business side of things. Um, and I just didn't feel like I could do that just yet. Um, but equally, I didn't have a space that I could work from home. So, um, yeah, I came to the conclusion that a van and doing it mobile would be the way forward. Um, and yeah, it worked. I started off, I was um, where I was just working at Woburn. I was living in Milton Keynes at the time. Um, but my family were down here in the Shepparton area in Middlesex. So it was about an hour and a half drive. So I used to do sort of three days a week in Milton Keynes and then the rest there uh, like two or three days a week down here. But by doing that, my customer base was, um, you know, it, it grew much quicker because I'd sort of cast my net quite wide. Mm. Um, so I only needed to be busy on sort of two or three days a week in each place for it to work. And um, yeah, so it quickly became really, like, really busy and I was booked up quite far in advance quite quickly. Oh, that's good. And did you um, did you go out and buy a van? Did you go into a franchise or? Yeah, I went and bought a van um, from a God, the van from a private company uh, from a guy from a guy who was making um, like or oh, like food vehicles. You know the yeah. like for burger vans. Yeah, that kind of thing, and like refrigerated vehicles and stuff, and. He, I think his daughter was a dog groomer, so I won't say too much about the van, but um, <laughs> he, his daughter was a dog groomer and he started making these dog grooming vans and I got one and um, yeah, it was all equipped and it was, to be fair, it looked very good, like everyone really liked the van, all my customers and everything. Um, but yeah, there was a lot wrong with that van. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just have the one for your seven years yeah. on the mobile? Yeah, a hell of a lot, yeah. There was problems constantly. But um, but it managed. It got me got me through to where I needed to be. But yeah, it was it's just like triggers broom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's constant. There was just like the ta- the water tank split in the back, and like the heater would always break, or it just wouldn't work. Um, yeah, it was constant issues with it. We're just going to take a quick break to mention our sponsor, Paws and Presto. Our pet grooming business uses paws and presto towels and have found them to be more absorbent when drying dogs, quicker to wash, quicker to dry, and they take up less room in the salon. They also weigh less than normal towels when wet and come in a wide range of colours. To find out more, visit pawsandpresto.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. So, you know, let's, uh, let's have a look at the, the mobile side of the business. What sort of, uh, what would you say are the pros and the, and the cons to, to going out doing it mobile? So the thing that I liked about it was um, the freedom to take days off when I needed to and schedule my time like that. Um, you know, I, I felt, you know, I was in control. So if I wanted a day off, I could take a day off. I didn't have to worry about staff or anything else. And, you know, if you need to move a few people, you're not moving an entire, you know, mass of dogs. It's like, however many you did in a day and I used to I didn't used to do loads like six maybe or something um so at least then it's not like an entire list of people to move which was nice and mm. um, take the holiday when I wanted to um if I needed more money I just worked more um I used to do like evenings sometimes and if it was past six o'clock I'd charge them extra for out of hours appointments I could do stuff like that um 
And yeah, I just, I kind of liked the freedom of it. Um, I think there's a lot of cons for me personally. I found it quite a lonely um, way to work. Um, thankfully, I had um, Melissa, who is local to me, is also mobile, precious paws, and she saved me. Um, she's always chatting to me every single day uh, because she's going through the same thing with it being lonely. I didn't like that I couldn't use the loo when I wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you that is really horrible, and any mobile dog groomers watching will tell you the same. It is just yeah, it's not the way to live. Um, <laughs> the cold and the hot. The hot is worse than the cold in a van. Um, the breakdowns. It's like a money, endless money pit. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely the the cons were much higher for me personally. But as I said, I do miss the freedom of it, I have to say. And um, yeah, being able to just go, I'm not going to work <laughs> for a couple of weeks and just take off, whereas I can't do that now. <laughs> I don't know whether um, whether people with vans now, whether the sign's coming on, are they starting to equip them with air conditioning? And... Yeah, I think, um, yeah, because I, when I bought my van, obviously it was quite a while ago and there wasn't a huge amount of people making them back then. Um, mm. Loads. I think Wet Hats was around, but... Um, there weren't loads of other companies and yeah mine did not have air con <laughs> he reckoned it did it didn't he reckoned it <laughs> that led um into my van that was like offset from the van's air con that pumped in but you had to have the engine run in and that then killed the van engine and it did yeah it didn't work it was it was excruciatingly right. hot um it wasn't insulated it was Miserable, <laughs> miserable. So top tip for <laughs> top tip for van converters: get some aircon in there, get some insulation in there, and put yeah, a toilet in. Absolutely, yeah, and then you'll be all right. But for me, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find that um, being a mobile dog groomer was a was a good niche? Did you find that there was a good uh, many customers out there that wanted that service? Oh, and could you charge more for that? Yeah, definitely found that. Um, there was a big demand for there's a big demand in our area for groomers full stop but I think a mm. lot of people did and um, a lot of older clients as well ones that can't drive and go out um I found that yeah a lot of them were older um yeah there's a big demand I think people like having their dog on the doorstep rather than taking them somewhere dropping them off and then they worry about them um so I think yeah quite a lot of people like mobile and yeah definitely should be charging more um for that kind of service because yeah it's um you know it's a luxury service getting your dog groomed at your door you're taking all of your thousands of pounds worth of it tens of thousands of pounds worth of equipment to them and setting up so yeah definitely should be charging more and straight away you're saving them money um you know because they don't have to travel to you <laughs> exactly and i think when you pay I likened it to sort of, you can go and get the bus if you want to, or you can get a taxi. And you know that taxi is going to cost you more. It's a private service that's to your door. So mm. you would pay more for it. And it's, I likened it to that, you know, I come to you and I set up and I do it all there. So you don't have to move and, and go out. So it should definitely be charged more. I think so, definitely. Cool. And so what was the deciding factor of like, right, I've done seven years now at this, it's time to... Time to open up that shop. How did you feel um, business-wise? How did you, did you have any business training? Had you had any business experience? You just sort of learned it on the hoof. Yeah, <laughs> I just sort of figured it out as I went along. Um, 
so yeah, I, I slowly moved down from Milton Keynes. So I was building up more and more customers, doing less and less days in Milton Keynes, um, building up more customers down here. Um, got rid of my house up there and moved back here. Um, and then it got to a point quite quickly, probably within the first, I don't know, two, two years if, or three, where I realized I cannot take on any more customers. It's just me. And I'm turning customers away every single day. And it just felt like a, such a waste. Because um, me on my own, you know, I, I can only do so many dogs a day. I can't fit in anymore. Um, and you're obviously losing time driving to people's houses throughout the day and getting stuck in traffic and things like that. And for me as well, just being on my own was just, yeah, it was getting to me a bit. And I was getting fed up. And getting completely fed up as well of the van breaking down all the time and I was like I've had enough um but it took years until we found the right place um and definitely held off until we found it because yeah it just for me it needed to be big enough it needed to have not crazy overheads I mean we are on a high street in an affluent area so we have big overheads but just ones that were affordable that were manageable um, but yeah, it took a while until we got to that point, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how, um, you know, how did you make that decision? Was it, did you feel like it was a leap or did you feel it was like a natural progression or how much fear was there around that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, fear, definitely. It was, it was scary, but at the same time, I felt ready. Um, I definitely felt ready for it. Like I'd gained enough knowledge and I was yeah, prepared, I think, to do it. I was confident. And I think knowing the area really, really well, I've grown up here. Um, I know the high street. Um, I know that there is so many dogs in our area, like an unbelievable amount. Um, and I knew that we would be busy because you know, I've not moved to a new area. So all of my clients I've already got, they were still on my books. The phone was still ringing constantly and with me saying like, no. <laughs> so I know if I open a business, the business is still there already for it. So that side of it, I wasn't worried. I knew we'd be busy. Um, but the whole managing of the business and um, the more businessy side of it, yeah, it was definitely a bit like, oh my God. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> that was the scary part. And how did you? Oh, hold on. It's just uh, showed me that we're no longer live. But hold on, we'll see if that... oh. I'll just let it all catch up. But um, no, we're still going. Um, how did you explain that transition, or how did you carry that transition over to your your mobile customers? Um. So I think we just kind of, I, I did tell my customers and I said, you know, we are going to change how we do things um, mm. soon. Um, and then sort of, yeah, I just, I think I text everyone and just said, we're <laughs> opening a salon um, in the new year. Um, we, we don't know exactly when it's going to be. It will be local. Um, we're really excited about it. We hope that you come too. And um, yeah, I just, I made it a big exciting thing rather than like, oh, I'm really sorry, but I'm doing this. You know, I made it exciting. Like this is happening, we're thrilled. And, um, you know, but said like, this is gonna make it much easier because we're gonna have more appointments available for you. We're gonna be way more flexible because currently I wasn't able to move anyone <laughs> anywhere. 
if they couldn't make it I was like well I'll see you in 10 weeks <laughs> so um yeah just I, I made it an exciting thing and yeah and then we just advertised it all because I had a massive long list of people that wanted to be on my books that were waiting and I said you know I haven't got anything now but I am in the process of trying to open a salon um, and when I do I'll let you all know and you can book then um, so yeah we just made it exciting really and not doom and gloom and everyone was I think we lost like three customers wow that is like that, yeah. that must be a lot of fear i think i i know there's some people that might actually be watching that are, are currently mobile and they want to move over to a salon but some of the fear that they might have is like oh people i'll lose all my custom or people won't want to come to me but even if you lose some of your mobile customers you're picking up yeah 100 percent. and i think I think if you're good at what you do and you are good to your customers and you provide a good service, they don't want to leave you. They want to stick with you. They know you, they, they know your dog, the dog, you know the dog. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're going to stay with you. And yes, you will lose a few. I mean, very few. As I say, I think it was like three or four, something like that. It, it wasn't loads at all. Um, they just said, oh, I just prefer mobile. And we were like, cool, like, that's fine. And we... Um, I've got a good relationship, as I said, with Melissa, who's local. Um, there's another local groomer, Sam. And we just passed the numbers on to them and said, you know, these are great groomers. Um, we completely understand. And yeah, all the best kind yeah. of thing. Because, um, yeah, we know that there's plenty of dogs around in this area. Um, you know, all of the local groomers are busy. So, um, yeah, we weren't, we weren't worried about that, that's for sure. So you said you um, you took some time to find the, the right location and the right property. Yeah. So tell us about your 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 uh, your shop. You know, explain your shop to me. What were you looking for, uh, and how did you find it? Um, so I really I always wanted a shop on Shepperton High Street, which might if you know the Shepperton, some people might find that a bit odd because they're like it's just a little you know little it's tiny little town. Um, but for me, I, the footfall's really high. There's, it's kind of in the middle, there's lots of traffic through to the other towns and villages around, um, all come through Shepparton. I know, as I said, I know the business model, so I know how many dogs are in our area and the demand is really high for it. Um, there's loads of parks that literally we're in the middle of, people walking past with their dogs all day. So yeah, that's where I wanted it. And we saw the shop, we tried a few places. We actually tried two different garden centers to try and get in there because again, footfall was really good there. Um, and then, yeah, we saw this shop and we were like, it's perfect. <laughs> the, the windows are huge, which is what we wanted. We wanted a really big, bright, airy place. Um, and we also wanted it really open plan. It was a shell, there was nothing in here. There wasn't even a ceiling. Um, it was just a massive unit. Um, so it took a lot of work to get it to what it is now. Um, but yeah, we, we're so, so happy with it. Um, I knew I wanted a bathing room that was separate um, and shut off because of all the noise and the mess and everything. Um, so yeah, we just, we were able to design it exactly how we wanted it. Um, mm. I had a lot of time to design it, so, which was great. So yeah, we're chuffed to pieces with where it is and the location. And, how it's turned out that's for sure cool and do you do retail as long as as yeah. well as grooming yeah. or got a retail area a little retail area which actually does really well um which again i thought it would just be a tiny little extra and we thought well we'll put 
put some in and we'll make a bit of money from it. But obviously the main money is going to be the dog grooming, which it, it is, but it's done a lot better than, than we thought, actually. It's, um, yeah, definitely have a retail area. If you've got, um, I find if you've got products and things like that, that you recommend your customers, it's so much better if they can buy them from you. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like retail or convenience. So if you're, um, you know, you're, you're trying to explain how to brush your cockapoo, here's, yeah. here's the brush to yeah. use sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And all the, you know, <laughs> and I think people really like um, if you've got the products on sale, so like the shampoo that you use in the shop, um, if you've got that on sale in the shop, people really like it um, because they want their, they're like, oh, well, what do you use here? Can I do that at home? And I'm like, yes, that's what we, we use. Um, and I think they like that. And um, we've got our own fragrance as well that we had all branded, which that sells very, very well as well. So we went with one fragrance and we use only that fragrance unless it's Christmas um, on all of the dogs that leave. And again, so that sells really well because everyone knows the scent. And um, yeah, so it's just our signature fragrance, which yeah, we really love. So... Um... You got your bathing area, a couple of baths or just the one and then Not the one. Um, yeah, we're potentially looking into in the future whether we can squeeze another bath in there. Um, but just the I think we've got a hydro bath and they're pretty efficient to be fair. So um, you know, they don't end up taking too long in the bath. So it works pretty well. Um, tell us. Yeah, and how about a number of tables? Or oh, oh, let's talk about, you know, you're not doing this on your own, you're with your sister now. So yeah. do you have your sister and other staff? Or? So it's me and my sister currently. Um, that's one of the main issues we're having is finding staff. Um, so we have a, and I think a lot of groomers will find this as well. So we've got a young girl at the moment who we're training. She's actually going off to, we would have put her through the apprenticeship, but she was already on, signed up to a course ready to start in January. So she's going to go do her level two um, and we'll carry on training her up here. Um, but she's been fantastic. And we took her on. She wanted to do just a bit of voluntary like work experience type thing with us. Um, and so we took her on and she was great. So we would, we've kept her on. So she's doing a little part time at the moment with us, mostly bathing and prepping. Um, but then we'll like to be able to train her up. And after she's done her course and stuff, um, yeah, hopefully fingers crossed yeah she'll be a full-time groomer with us as well um but yeah it's just me and my sister and uh we've been looking for another groomer since end of august i think i, th I think you're right uh, i think if you hang out in the groomer facebook groups you will see the same topics over and over again and that is like pricing and then all the way through to like how do we get staff and where do we find them and um you know i did some talks a, few, a while ago about apprenticeships and we've always grown our staff organically within the business yeah. and just found that to be really good way of doing it yeah i'm finding that to be honest um in an ideal world i'd love a groomer to walk in and be like oh i want to work for you full time and they're experienced they know what they're doing but it's just not going to happen i don't think um and it's difficult because I think me and Danielle are knackered. Uh, we're working six days a week because we can't find another member of staff that can take over for us so that we can have a day off. Um, so that is a struggle. And it's also then realising that you've got to keep working like that until your trainee is confident enough to be able to take over, which takes time. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. And, uh, but we'll keep going. 
and yeah she's um as i say she's starting her course in january so we'll keep up with that training and uh, yeah hopefully take on more as well more apprentices yeah that's awesome so let's so let's talk about you know you're an award-winning groomer you won the groom of the year with pet industry federation or foundation what is it federation um so what what inspired you to go and um apply because you have to apply for this for the awards yeah. and you have to nominate so i think we to be honest applied on a bit of a whim um we saw it pop up because we're members of PIF and yeah, we saw it pop up on our sort of newsletters and things. And we're like, oh, that would be fun. Do <laughs> we apply? <laughs> and I wrote our big spiel about the salon and everything. And we thought, well, we're not, you know, we've only just opened. Because I think we did the application in like April. <laughs> we'd opened in March. So we thought, well, at least it gets our name out there. People might start looking at us. Um, so we thought, might, you know, worth doing. Um, so, yeah, we applied and then couldn't actually believe our eyes when we got an email through to say that we were finalists just how I don't know how that happened really but it did and we're over the moon um and yeah we really celebrated just that finalist <laughs> um yeah just to be a have a finalist you know that's out of all the people that entered and they said it was a record number as well that year of people that had entered um into the um awards i suppose probably because it wasn't on properly the year before um so mm. yeah to have been put through into the top i can't even remember how many there were now i think it was six um completely unexpected so yeah to, to get to go to the awards was amazing yeah, we had a really lovely time <laughs> yeah and can you can you remember what you had to sort of include on your application and stuff like that or is it all a bit of a blur <laughs> Yeah, because it was back in April, so I can't even remember now. I think they just sort of asked what set us about from set us apart from the other businesses um, and other dog groomers and what we what we do, um, and sort of just a bit of background about us and how we came to start the business and things like that. But yeah, I can't really remember much about it now. It's such a big blur. Um, I know I waffled a hell of a lot, and it was long. I know that much. <laughs> I think it was capsules, isn't it? But it must have been what five hundred words. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I can't remember myself. But so um, you walked through as the finalists, and you uh, got invited over to the big night. What, what happened on the big night? Um, so that was great. It was um, it was really lovely. We stayed there. It was at uh, Whistlebury Park. Um, in where was that it was like um in toaster um so we went over there and that was really lovely and got to wear all the nice dresses and everything and yeah it was quite fancy and um, really lovely evening and yeah completely unexpected um when we won <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. i couldn't believe it we were sort of all of us were like well this is a lovely evening out like great that's all we thought of it really we thought we'll have a wonderful evening out Danielle took her boyfriend and I took mine and we thought great and we both said you know listen we know we're not we haven't got it and that's fine like just to be able to come here this year and we've met loads of people and networked and to be able to just say that we're finalists for dog groomer business of the year having only been open a few months is amazing so we'll have a good night and we'll leave it at that 
And then when they said, oh, and the winner is, and it was us, I lost it, tears. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I didn't even know what to do with myself. So really glad they didn't ask for a speech because I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Uh, did they not get asked you to do a little speech? No, and I'm so glad. I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to talk. Even the photographer, when we were accepting the award, he was going, smile, stop <laughs> crying. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> So, yeah. You know, it's it's so nice to be recognised, isn't it? We put so much um, work and effort into our yeah. our businesses, blood, sweat, tears, money. You know, we pour it into our businesses, and no one treats our businesses as well as we do as ourselves. You know, and to be recognised for that is just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it was years of you know it being in that blooming van, and then you know all the months that um of hard work that we put in to getting all the salon ready and we you know as I said we've been working six days a week since we've opened and we're knackered um but to then have that recognition as someone to be like you're doing well <laughs> was just like thanks <laughs> like it means everything you know because it the business is everything to us and it's our whole life and everything that we do is revolved around the business. So yeah, as I say, it's just amazing to have that recognition um, and for it to be like an industry-based recognition as well is just even better, just amazing. So so, so you, you, yeah, you, you win your award and uh, come home, you know, splash it everywhere all over your, all over your Facebook page and everything, I take it. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're we, and it's up quite a place on the shelf, um, for everyone to see. So, yeah, and we're gonna splash it more everywhere. I think in the shop <laughs> signs and stuff. Um, yeah, because why not? You know, that's a massive achievement for us, and I think it's uh, only right we shout about it and make it known. Definitely, and obviously you have to get all the dog hair off the award every day. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's polishing making it yeah because it's nice and glass so definitely shows up all the the dust and dirt yeah <laughs> and what do your what do your customers make of it what do they say about it they were over the moon as well because as, as I said earlier a lot of my customers came over from my mobile business so they've known me for as long as I've been you know some of them have stayed with me since the, the day I started pretty much um so they're over the moon as well. That you know, they're just as invested in watching the business grow as 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 we are almost. Um, so really lovely, really supportive, and we did notice that the phones were ringing more when we reopened after the awards. I don't know whether it's a coincidence, but it does. It has been you know recognised by customers, which is lovely. Yeah, and so what else? So um, you corrected me at the beginning. So you're multi award winning. So did that spur you on to go on and yeah. and award and win more awards? So when we at the same time that we um, entered the PIF awards, um, it was also the Surrey. Uh, oh no, sorry, Spelthorne Business Awards, our local area. Um, and again, our, we're really good friends with our hairdressers next door, um, and uh, they had put in for it as well. And we were like, oh, that would be cool. So we literally copied and pasted pretty much from PIF <laughs> and we're like oh we'll these as well we'll see um and again we were like oh that'd be nice but didn't expect anything from it and then became finalists for that as well and thought gosh <laughs> okay and um yeah we were, and ended up up for best new business 
um, best, was it best, I can't even remember now, I'm looking at them here. Um, it was best business in Shepparton and Charlton Village, best new startup and best small business, that's what we want. Um, so yeah, we went along to another awards evening and um, won all three, <laughs> wow. which was mental, like couldn't believe our luck winning all three. But um, yeah, again, over the moon, chuffed to pieces with it. And um, yeah, to get that recognition as well from the local business um, awards, you know, was lovely. Um, we've had so much support from all the local businesses and um, all the locals, and it's really, really nice. It seems like a proper sense of community um, and everyone loves that there's now a dog groomers in the high street of Shepparton, which is really nice. Well, that's it. And we can, um, dog groomers can bring a lot to the community, can't they? Because you're bringing a lot of customers in every day into the high street. So, you know, you're bringing, you're bringing business into the, into the high street as well, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, um, for us, as I mentioned, our hairdressers that are next door, um, they're great and they'll recommend people to us and we'll recommend people to them um, and all the other businesses around. And I'll say, go and get a coffee from the cafe while you wait and things like that. Um, so yeah, I definitely think all the businesses help each other and it's really a nice sense of community and you feel kind of part of something, I think, being in a high street, which is really lovely. Yeah. So um, with your awards, you obviously, it has helped with your marketing. I take it you, you've been in the newspapers, um, people must be talking about you. So it sounds like the, the business has picked up as well from it. You've, you're picking up new business from it. Yeah, I think that's part of it that we didn't even really think too much about. I mean, obviously it's lovely to advertise yourself as being award-winning rumours and it will help with business. But I, I don't think we quite anticipated literally like the day after winning it having way more phone calls which is what was happening um so i definitely think for any dog groomers out there definitely enter any awards that you things that you can find because it's so nice to have that recognition and to have that to your business as being award-winning it definitely brings in more business for you and um, it's worth doing and I, I think most places will have a local awards as well that you can enter and it's 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 worth doing because even if you become a finalist you still get to go to a, an evening where you can network and meet all other local businesses you can you know we we gained business from it um, even just being at the awards people coming up to us and saying oh I want to put my dog in um, <laughs> so even just that side of it is worth it or you might meet sort of people that are doing I don't know sign printing or something that you yeah. as well and swap business with them so it's it's worth doing things like that to network and and talk to local businesses it's worth it i think yeah definitely and um you're right it's not just the the national like um the big institutions that do these awards yeah. all your local um borough councils your local business groups they all have these awards, don't they? And yeah. um, some awards you have to be like nominated for, I think, and some awards you have to enter yourself. So it's worth putting yourself out there, isn't it? Oh, definitely. It's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, as I said, even just from, from a networking point of view, even if you don't win, it still puts your name out there. It still gets your business noticed. Um, so it's 100% worth doing. And what have you got to lose if you do do it and you don't get in? Yeah. And, and you start raising the profile of pet groomers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just get your note. Yeah. Get the business out there and get us more noticed. 
I said, get the industry out there and show people that, you know, we're we're out there to do business. We're out there as a, a proper business, you know, a proper industry now. And uh, do you think, have you noticed since 2014, do you think there's been like a, a, a boom in pet grooming? Not obviously, obviously there's loads more pet groomers out there, but do you think the, the status of pet grooming is going up now? And, you know, we're seeing obviously... Yeah, definitely. I think we're seeing, uh, we're seeing it. Sorry, go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> we're kind of raising the, the profile is going up, isn't it? And we're kind of raising the respect for for pet groomers. I always remember um, Colin Taylor was always when he worked in America, he said that they respected their pet groomers a lot more. And I think they're starting to to come into here with more of a necessity in a, in a household bills rather than like, a, oh, we might get that done or. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely, I think it seems to be with the boom of like all the crossbreeds and stuff. Um, I think more people are having to use dog groomers as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think definitely the respect is still not completely there. Because <laughs> I think you can see from all the Facebook groups, we have problems a lot uh, as dog groomers with customers. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's definitely becoming a more recognised and accepted pro proper profession and career and not just a little hobby. Um, and I think, yeah, as I said, with all the doodle poodle cross mixes, um, they have just gone, I mean, gosh, we haven't got a phone, like when the phone rings, we know it's going to be one of those dogs. Um, but yeah, there's a massive boom in dogs, that's for sure, especially since the pandemic, huge boom in dogs in our area for sure and across the UK um, and a huge boom as well in dog groomers, I think, because of people losing maybe their jobs and looking into doing something different. I think a lot of people wanted to set up their own businesses um, and do something different. Um, but I think as well, because there's more of us out there, there's more dogs, it's raising the profile more. And then when you've got the likes of um, Colin Taylor and Julie Harris and people that are really trying to advocate for us groomers and, you know, try and make it more of, um, as you say, a career in a, a proper industry, um, I think it can only do good for us, really. I think and start to take us seriously. Um, that we're, you know, not just there to make a dog look pretty. It's a massive part of the dog's health and well-being. And I think, um, mm. yeah, hopefully it keeps going in that right direction. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, definitely will if we've got anything to do with it. So what's your um, your favourite dog to groom? Um, oh, probably poodles. I've just become a poodle mum. I've got my first poodle in June. Um having literally just had smooth coated breeds always i've got a, a miniature daxi and a labrador um so i yeah i went into the poodle she's currently asleep on the floor um yeah i love them standard poodles um we don't just don't ever get any in though and every time i'm walking her people are like wow you never see standard poodles and i'm like but why it's because you keep mixing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And everyone that's stops it. and they're like, oh my gosh. And I have all my customers come in and they're like, wow, what's she? I'm like, it's a poodle, it's half of what your dog is. They're like, no, really. <laughs> like, yes. Um, so yeah, they're probably my favourite, that's for sure. <laughs> my my favourite, not that I'm a dog groomer, but my favourite is to do a Labrador because I love that you yeah. put them in the bath yeah. and then wash them. 
get them all like they enjoy the water anyway get them all smelling nice and then destroy the room with their with their hair when you blast all their hair out and you're like oh my god look at that nice satisfying groom of a really shedding dog and send it home all shiny and like half of the hair that it had yeah i do like that i have to say we do quite a few (laughs) and i don't need to use any scissors or clippers (laughs) being honest we do a pair of whippets and they're the easiest most brilliant way to bring in a bit of money and nice quick and easy one we just put them in the bath together because they come as a pair dry them together nice and easy yeah absolutely they're the easy ones that i like <laughs> i suggested that to someone the other day i was like if they're a fam- if they come in together as a family dog you know we had three norwich terriers we could put them all in the bath together they're like Oh, I never thought about doing that. You know, yeah, let's get in there. Let's get in and, and put all the dogs together. And as long as they don't, like, as long as they get on, let's wash them all together. Yeah, if they're from the same family. Well, de- unless they're obviously big, um, then, yeah, they definitely go in the bath mm-hmm. together. Yeah, save some time. Absolutely, yeah. Efficiency savings. Right, we've got some, uh, we've got some questions rolling in from us, for you. Um, so Pam Metcalf is uh, a groomer in training. And um, she's asked, what's the best advice you would give to someone setting up? Um, keep learning as much as possible. Um, take on as much knowledge as you humanly can. So listen to podcasts, listen to the Colin Taylor ones, listen to the business ones as well from yourself. Um, listen to, you know, go to web uh, seminars, listen to webinars, do it all because I have learned so much from doing that um, that I wouldn't normally because I think especially if you're mobile and you, you work on your own you haven't got peers and you haven't got colleagues and you haven't got anyone else to learn stuff from so I was finding that half the time I was really scared to like put myself out there and I did um, like the rookie dog grooming challenge um, and I was so scared to groom in front of somebody else because I, I entered it after about six years of grooming. And I thought, I went into my business <laughs> after five weeks of training and then just did my own thing for six years. I could be doing weird stuff <laughs> and like grooming really cat-handed <laughs> and people be like, what is she doing? Um, so I think I was terrified to be grooming in front of other people, but it's the only way that you're going to improve and, and take on as much advice from other people, do competitions. I've only done one, so I'm, I need to practice what I preach, but the rookie grooming challenge was brilliant because they, after you do your groom, they come around afterwards for like the last hour and they show you how to improve it and how you can like win next time if you like um and yeah i think just gain as much knowledge as possible that would be my bit of advice as much yeah awesome. learned so much from just podcasts and seminars and webinars that's for sure my advice is to uh check out our business startup course <laughs> me and vicky run obviously <laughs> you know will help you get your your business running um yeah. a second bit of advice i i sort of say you know systemize your grooming so get a system in place with each dog so you know where you're at and then if you are 
if you do come across a, a, a breed that you don't really know or confident at, because you know you're, you've got to do the, the, like the left foot nails, the right foot nails, it gives you thinking time as well, doesn't it? So you're like, while you're freaking out, it gives you time to plan and how am I going to attack this breed and do what I need to do with it? I think don't be don't panic as well if you do have a breed that comes in that you don't know I think I mean as I said I was on my own started up and I just sort of went well I can give that a go and uh, <laughs> I watched videos in the groomers gallery and I loads of YouTube there's loads of stuff on YouTube that's all free knowledge that you can gain just from watching um, and I would do that if I had a dog coming up to, like the next day and I thought, oh God, like I will just refresh my memory and go through videos, go through my notes, go through the books and the um, notes from the grooming table. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to take on breeds like that if you, if you don't know them, that's for sure. Um, the other thing I would say is always know your worth and know that you have got the skills and you are a professional and you know go into grooming as you mean to go on um you know don't let people dictate prices to you and take the mick out of you charge your worth be confident with it and know that you know what you're doing if that makes sense be fearless <laughs> yeah sort of even if you are nervous and you think oh god i don't know what i'm doing don't let them think that <laughs> hey, you know confident <laughs> you've always you've always everyone's gonna be nervous about something you know I, I had to do one of these the first time ever and you're naturally going to be nervous but you overcome that the more you yeah, do it you overcome it. yeah definitely cool so um jane stacy just made a comment um she had a van for a couple of years from 2005 and then fell pregnant. I couldn't find anyone to take it on whilst having the baby because the insurance was over had to be over 25. So um, something to think about if you're if you're taking on a mobile van and also planning planning a family at the time. So yeah. top tips there. I mean, I haven't entered that. So, life, but yeah, that would definitely yeah be something to be aware of. And I I think I struggled to. Be, to yeah insurance as well for the van i think my insurance was quite high um, when i started um but yeah definitely all things to consider when you if you go into mobile dog grooming um van insurance is a weird one for mobile groomers i think and also i suppose depending on how big your van is um the driving categories on your driving license yeah. as well <laughs> mine i think mine was fine um but yeah it depends on what size you end up going for mine was a, a long um a large long wheelbase uh citroen um but yeah the, the the insurance can be crazy and you also have to be careful that you've got your equipment and your fit out on the insurance because a lot of people insure their van but they don't insure for the value of the fit out if that makes sense mm. So, okay, yeah, the, the shell of it is insured, but all of your equipment inside that you can't remove overnight, so the bath and the table and things like that isn't insured. So it's definitely worth making sure if you're a mobile groomer that you've got that all insured and covered as well. Another top tip. Um, Kelly, uh, Kelly and our other half have just opened a, a dog grooming salon, new for 2022. Uh, also includes um, retail as well. And she said... Uh, how did you advertise your business? Um, you know, they've literally just opened. So what are your sort of top tips on advertising your business? Um, 
congratulations as well. That's amazing. Um, I we focus quite heavily on Instagram personally. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into our Instagram. Danielle's better at it than I am. Um, but I think social media is massive and unless you're paying for advertising, it's free. So I think use that as much as possible. Do all the hashtagging, try and get your name out there. Keep putting content out, videos and reels and things like that all the time. Um, you will get your name out there. And um, we put, um, we've got like a little, it's got those on the desk, but it's good. Um, it's called Shepparton Matters. It's like the little local magazine thing. Um, we put a little advert in there and we put a little offer in there just so that we knew whether it was actually getting out to people and whether it was worth doing again. So it was only, um, I think we put in like five pound of teeth cleaning um, and you get like a bag of pick and mix, dog pick and mix treats as well. So it was only a small offer, um, but we got quite a lot of them back in when they bought their, bought their dog. So we knew that it worked. So look into maybe just some local magazines, just do a small one to start with, put an offer in so that you know whether it works. So then next time, if you want to do it, you can maybe do it more often or a bigger, bigger page. Um, do a few little of the paid ads on Facebook, just because you can set a budget then. Um, don't bother boosting posts because I think that's, I don't think that works. <laughs> but the, the paid advert on Facebook, you can do those definitely. Have a good website um, and make sure it's visible. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know really. I think, as I say, we really focus on our social media more than anything. It sounds like you might be my first contractor, you know, all this stuff that you're you're saying is all this is everything that I, I would be saying as well, you know. Um make sure one thing that people don't do maybe is find out where they people find them. So they might make yeah. an inquiry and say, Can I put my dog in? Yeah, it's fine. You know, how did you find us? Because then you know if yeah. you've got paid ads out there or um you've got your magazine, you know, you know what's working and where people are finding you and you know where to put your effort in. Yeah, so we use um, our, the Savvy software. So when we send out booking forms to all of our dogs, that is one of the questions on there. How did you hear about us? And they'll put like by word of mouth or Google or whatever, they'll put it in there. So we know then what is working for us so that we can push that more than anything. I'm so pleased you said video. So what do what kind of videos do you do? I say this to my um, my startup group, and everyone like shudders and like instantly becomes like sick and like oh, I can't do that. I can't go on a video and, and stuff um, like that. What kind of videos do you put out there? Oh, we did like little transformation videos, and we try and do little. We've been really rubbish at it lately, actually. But um, we try and do bits throughout the day of us as well, and grooming and the dogs that we've got in. Um, we'll advertise our um, like spa treatments, for example. We'll do like before, during, and afters of um, like the mud masks. They work really, really well. And then we'll get people going, "Wow, can I book my dog in?" You're like, "Yes." So it does work well. Things like that. We'll put our stock. We'll do like a walkthrough of the salon throughout the day. We do, we do quite a lot of stories. Um, but yeah, they like all the. You've got to be a bit more down with the kids, haven't you? And you do all the TikTok. Oh. Danielle, as I say, Danielle's better, but um, we've been a bit rubbish recently. With getting, we've been so busy with all the Christmas and everything that um, yeah, we need to get back into it. And I think I learned. A, I think it was 
can't remember if it was Colin Taylor, someone said, um, make sure that you get your face out there in your social media because and we need to do this more and we me and my sister keep saying but we're like we're covered in dog hair and all the time we're like no I don't want to be in this but people like to see you and they like to see the faces behind the business and that you know and get to know you a bit more it's more personal so I think yeah definitely do videos where you star in it as well as just the dogs but Dogs tend to sell themselves if you put a picture out of them in a cute video. Puppies. I mean, Richard Branson's brand, Richard Branson puts himself out there and Richard Branson will grow quicker than Virgin Media. You know, people buy into people. And this is yeah. this is what you were saying. It, it doesn't matter if you're covered in dog hair because that's part of the job. And they're like, no. oh, wow, look at you. You're like absolutely caked in dog hair. How funny is that sort of thing? We've got to get out there. We've got... We've got these tools, you know, we've got yeah. these tools now that shoot amazing video, amazing pictures, you know, and we need to be uh, in our in our shops, salons, home, wherever you're doing your uh, your dog grooming and showing it off, showing people. Like, I've seen videos of dogs being bathed and everyone's like, well, that's what I do every day. But the customers love it, don't they? Yeah, yeah they absolutely love it if they see that. Do you know the amount of people that are constantly like, why is my dog not on there? And you're like, oh, Christ. <laughs> but like, people are <laughs> mad for it. And like, oh, did you take a picture of my dog today? They'll come in and I'm like, yes. Or like, oh, did you take a video? Yes. Like, they'll ask us. Now, I've even had people write down on a post-it note what their dog's um, Instagram handle is. And they're like, make sure you tag. And I'm like, wow. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that's happening now, apparently. I'm like, great, I'll add that to my list of things to do, tagging your dog in all the posts. That's awesome. I never thought of that. That's yeah, right. You could do, yeah. 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 And then you could do like a, a video and tag them instantly in it. So all their followers. Yeah. And what better way to pick up their customers as well, their followers. Yeah. We, we did have a video that went viral and that was very exciting. That was very, very exciting. It kept getting shared constantly on Instagram and yeah it's worth doing like even you only need one video that really goes viral and then it gets shared thousands and thousands of times or hundreds of thousands of times um and then your business is everywhere all across the world not just you know locally so then yes get on all the socials and try and come up with as i say it takes time though that's the only thing but it's worth doing come up with videos and reels and transformation things and quirky fun little videos and yeah dogs dogs do well on social media if they're cute and fluffy they do <laughs> you know and the key that we keep saying you know keep plugging this like i do sometimes feel like a broken record it's a video <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, get out there you've got to you, you know you shoot your video and um you're still the same person when you press the end button. You're still, you know, you're still human. People still like you and yeah. your customers will love you, but it'll get you out there and get yeah, you out with your customers. A, a goal of ours, I think, to do more of us and not just the dogs, that's for sure. Because it, it, it definitely works. Um, but yeah, I think we've been so exhausted lately that we're like, no. Oh. So um, Nikki's watching and uh, she had a question about how do you create your own fragrance spray? How do you go about that? Um, so there are loads of companies that would, so when I say I, we created our fragrance spray, we didn't create the fragrance itself. 
Um, you can do that. There are companies that will do that for you. It's more expensive, but we personally found um, a fragrance that we liked. There's loads of companies, even like um, the perfume shop um, that do all the sort of dupe um, fragrances that are like the human ones. Um, that's, I think that's who we used. Yeah, it was, that was who we used. And um, they will, I, I can't remember what the minimum order is. I think it was like a hundred bottles or something. Um, but I just, I designed the label exactly how I wanted it. And then they printed it all and sent us all the, the bottles. Um, got one here. Um, so yeah, it does really, really well. There it is, that's our one. And the important thing about that is that that's all you use in your salon. So yeah. people just get to know that spray, know that smell. And they're like, oh, I'll have some of that from my home, please. Do you know what works even better is if you use a diffuser and then you diffuse the scent throughout the shops, then they walk in, they go, what is that? And I'm like, oh, here we are. <laughs> here is our fragrance. That works really well. Excellent. Oh, brilliant. Um, Vicky's asked about um, what you wrote on your award. I don't... I, for your to to enter your award, I'm not sure you can remember now because it oh, was God. so long ago, wasn't it? It was really long. <laughs> um, I think yeah, we just we just told them exactly what we did and what we were all about, and um, you know, we I think it well, it's not necessarily that different to I think what a lot of people do in their salon. You know, we focus on canine well-being, um, you know, and we use spa treatments and we try and our salon is. Um, very open. I don't, if, if anyone's seen pictures of our salon, um, I think a lot of groomers like to hide away and they like to do the grooming behind closed doors, which to be fair, I did. <laughs> and it was quite difficult when we opened up and I felt like an animal in a zoo where I'd worked and everyone was just looking through the window and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm really on display here. However, that has been a massive seller for us. Um, people love that. It's annoying when they turn up to collect their dog and they're at the windows. That's yeah. fine. Um, but it is a big seller for us and I'm glad we did it. But it's just things like that and, and that we wrote about that um, is a big thing for us. And we wrote that we use, you know, calming sprays and um, things like that. And yeah, I don't know. I think we, did, we literally just wrote exactly what we do and they seem to really like it. <laughs> They do put some kind of guideline around it, don't they, as yeah, to what you need to, points, points that you have to hit. So yeah. April, Vicky, next time uh, you can, uh, Vicky can start uh, putting yeah. herself forward for the awards as well. Yeah, definitely do it. And I think there are points and guidelines of things because it will say like our um, successful um, applicants need to show X, Y, Z and they'll list all the stuff. So if when you write it, it sticks to coming back to those points and going, oh, this is how we achieve this, um, and you'll be fine, definitely. Okay, cool. So we've got more, they're still coming in. Uh, I, I stole Nikki's question about your favorite dog. Um, do you get nervous when you do your new dog? Do you do many new dogs now? Have you seen them all? Um, no, we still do new dogs. They're still breeds. I mean, because, well, gosh, as I said, they're all poodle and doodle crosses. So then when we get a breed that's an actual breed, <laughs> I'm like, wow. And uh, 
yeah, we do get some in that we haven't done before. Oh, we had a Bedlington book in and I thought, oh my God, like I think a lot of groomers will say, Jesus, Bedlington. But um, it didn't even want a Bedlington clip. It was just, <laughs> it was just a clip off. And I was like, that's rubbish. Um, so I'm just, I can't even think now, actually, whether we've had, it's things that I haven't even, in my, all of my years, other than in training, I haven't ever groomed an Airedale. Just, you yeah, know, you don't see many. No, and we've got one of those booked in, so we don't necessarily get nervous. Um, I, but I will brush up on, you know, my knowledge of, of the groom before the dog comes in, sort of the night before. I'll look over the notes, or I'll go on the groomers' gallery, um, and I'll just refresh. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't, you know, I won't sort of if people come in to collect their dog and I've got, you know, the notes on the grooming table open on the page, you know, I won't shy away from that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's hundreds of breeds and there's no way that you could have groomed every single one of them. There's always going to be a dog that you've not groomed before. So I, I had a question the other, uh, the other day from someone saying, have you ever groomed a pulley, P-U-L-I, and then the corded, um, braided um, I asked uh, Emma and she's like never seen one never seen one I wouldn't know what to do with one I've seen one at crafts <laughs> um, and that's about as far as it goes but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do with it I know you have to split the cords but I wouldn't really know what to do with it that's for sure <laughs> and um, lastly because I know we've been going quite some time now we've taken up a lot of your evenings so um how are you when you do your videos a few questions about videos um you know karen preston you know a massive shout out to karen this week she's part of my dog grooming business um startup course and she uh she's she's not had a lot of custom and she's put herself out there she's done a video and she's put that out on her facebook page you know so big big shout out to karen for doing that um do you have any like special equipment in your salon for um videos do you use tripods or you just um use your phone i use my phone so i haven't got any sort of fancy cameras or anything like that um but we we've got like a, a tripod that's got a little clamp to put your phone on um and it's got a ring light attached to it as well um but most of the time it's just one of me or, or danielle that's holding the camera to be honest with you for the other one um and that's about that's about it really we don't use any lighting is a big thing i would say and I think when you're doing your pictures, pictures especially, I hate to, right, sorry everyone, I hate seeing when um, people are taking before and after pictures of their dog to advertise their business, but they've strapped the dog up. So they've got a belly strap on, they've got a neck noose on, they've got hair all over the table, they've got all their equipment still on the table, scissors and clippers, if you want to take pictures because you're advertising your business, think about the photo, think about what's in the background, think about how the dog looks and make sure the lighting is nice. Make sure you've cleaned the, the lens on your camera so that you haven't got like fingerprints over it and it looks like you've taken a picture on a potato. Like <laughs> have good lighting, make sure everything looks nice and everything's clean. Um, that is a bugbear of mine, that's for sure seeing that because as i say you you want the picture so you can advertise your business so you need to make sure the lighting's good and it's all set up nicely 
Awesome. Yeah, great advice. And don't overthink it. No. No, no absolutely. And you can, if you're going to pop it on a story or something, you know, take a few little snaps here and there. And it doesn't have to be, as I said, all perfectly set up um, and thought out. Um, but I would just say if you're using it for advertising and it's going on your grid or, you know, on your Facebook or your website, just think a bit more about how you set it up and how it looks so that it is an advertisement rather than like, what are they doing to that dog? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we understand belly straps and nooses, but the public don't. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, OK, last question, I promise. Um, Vicky's asked, what is your Instagram page, please? So we can all go and look at your your uh, stories and videos and posts. Yeah. Uh, we're Palmer's Dog Grooming, so at Palmer's Dog Grooming, you can find us. Excellent. And that's your um, Facebook page as well, isn't it? Yeah, and our website, yeah, palmersdoggrooming.co.uk. Excellent. There's loads and loads and loads people can learn just by checking out your pages and, you know, seeing what you do and seeing how you do it and um, just looking at it. You know, I, I say to people, you know, no one's perfect. We can all learn from each other. So, you know, pop over to these websites, have a look, see what you could take away and see, like, have, compare it to your own stuff and, and just look and see what you can improve on. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, as I said earlier, like, take on as much knowledge and gain as much stuff from others that are in the industry. You know, like, Christ, I look at um, the likes of Georgia, Ashton Fuller, and I think you know, and and uh, Lisa Hart and Colin Taylor, Julie Harris, um, you know, follow as many people and as many businesses. You'll see things on different businesses where you go, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Um, and I think, yeah, the more that you can take on and then use to make your own is, but there's nothing wrong, I'm not saying copy everyone, but I'm just saying and use it to do your own thing, um, you know, that's the way we make things better and bigger so there's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all I wouldn't say go and look at someone's business and just go right I'm gonna take everything and that's going to be mine and um don't do that but just take little bits here and there and take as much knowledge from all of the people that are in this industry that have been in it for years that know what they're doing and they they have so much knowledge to give you so listen to them yeah that's it that's it always looking to improve so Thank you so much for um, taking the time out. Uh, congratulations on your your awards last year, and hopefully you will see some more awards this year. You'll be going putting in again. Oh <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Never mind. Well, who knows? It'll be lovely, but um, yeah, I think we'll we'll try again. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't see why not. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure people have enjoyed it, and uh, if you're watching this again, please put replay in the comments. Um, and then obviously it will go over to our YouTube channel as well so you can catch up so thanks a lot Jessica oh, thank you very much take care